Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Royce Brialis, and I have my co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, brother? I'm doing well, man. What's up, everybody? And now we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Stephen George. How you doing, man? What's going on? Thank you. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, what you do and uh, how many kids you got? Man, um, how many kids do I have? That's a, Technically, I have one son. But, you know, I consider my, my girlfriend's, my soon-to-be fiancé son as my son. And then I consider my niece and nephews as my kids as well um, because I played a very heavy part in their lives, especially the older two. And then, you know, Stevie does have an older sister, and I was in her life uh, for eight years, so I still consider her mine. So me, um, born and raised in Chicago, parents, they're both Trinidadian. They're from the islands. I don't know why they chose Chicago, but they did. Um, <laughs> I got two older brothers and one younger brother. Um, I don't know. I'm just – I consider myself a very – humble, down-to-earth, kind of fun-loving dude. You know, I'm about living life. I'm about being serious and respectful, handling business, but at the same time, I have to balance between letting go. You know, so I bring that to, to pretty much everything I do. So that's kind of how I describe myself. Um, I'm a man of many talents, if you will. Um, though I don't really care for sales, I do resale technology services. I'm a notary in Illinois, um, alkaline water, um, wholesale travel, online classes. You know, I do a little bit of everything leading up to full-time employment versus or contract work. So I'm just, you know, happy to be in my son's life and, and you know, just watch him grow up every day. Because when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a two-parent household and my dad, you know, he pretty much worked second shift. So you know, by the time he got home, he was passed out. So my mom was the, the go-to for school and, and homework and, and things like that. So that's that's kind of my, my background. Cool, cool. So um, I know you were saying, like, your parents were from Trinidad. So what was that like? And did you experience, like, a culture shock, like, growing up in a household where your uh, parents are from Trinidad and then going, like, to school and being around, like, people from the United States or America? You know, so, I mean, in the household, it was different. Um, my two older brothers were from a previous marriage of my mom. So, you know, it was kind of like, you know, how they were raised versus how I'm being raised. Um, so for me, the primary things I remember growing up, you know, my parents had a philosophy for, philosophy for everything. They had a methodology for everything, you know, different food, different music. Um, and that was probably the biggest part, the different, different types of food, um, you know, making a lot of stuff by hand and then the music, um, you know, my dad would listen to everything from Calypso to R&B to Odie's, you know, to even Prince and Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? So that was, that was kind of cool. Um, my dad was very, is very laid back and soft-spoken. My mm -hmm. mom is the more speak her mind, you know, ask all the questions you need to ask and come back and ask more questions as she has to. So it wasn't really much of a cultural shock. Um, I think it just gave me a different worth ethic. Uh, for me, it's like, 
if you, you know, learn how to do it, learn how to do it the right way and repeat, work hard, go after what you want, speak up on what you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dealing with, you know, the kids that I interacted with, I mean, they had some of the same values, but it was different for me because I was looking at the world through my parents' eyes, if you will. Yeah. You know, so it's like America is this place that, you know, this big, you know, Hollywood type place. And, you know, for them, it's just like, this is just my block, you know, we we'll walked away. So it was, you know, it was, it wasn't too much of a cultural shock. My mom, she did put an emphasis on me having a diverse experience um, in school. So the school I ended up going to uh, was, was very diverse. There was Indian kids. I believe you know, there was Muslim kids. There were white kids. And of course, you know, other African-American kids. Mm-hmm. So she wanted me to have that interaction with different groups of people early. And then with them being Caribbean and having Indian roots, you know, it was easy to kind of have conversations with other groups of, you know, kids with different backgrounds because it's like, hey, I know what that is. You know, you eating, you eating curry, you eating roti, you eating this, you eating that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. this is what this, this deity means or et cetera, et cetera. You know, so that was kind of cool. That was a plus. Whereas other kids would make fun of stuff like that. I was yeah. able to embrace it because Trinidad is a melting pot. Have you been back to Trinidad or have you gone to Trinidad? We used to go every every other year. So it was like from the time I was 10, um, we would go every other year. So like, you know, 92, 94, 96, 98. 98 was like the last time we had went collectively. And then me and my mom went down there. I think it was 2014, I believe. And that was the last time I've been down there. And I've been meaning to get back, but, you know, things happen in the world. Yeah, yeah, COVID. (laughs) Have you been been to Carnival or Carnival? Um, I went to when I was, I I went to a caravana in Canada when I was younger. Okay. I didn't realize what it was, but no, I have not officially been to Carnival, Carnival. In, in Trinidad, but that is definitely on my to-do list because I love travel. <laughs> it's on my list too. <laughs> Me too. Obviously. Me too. No, it's, it's, a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful place to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful experience all around. Yeah. So uh, what would you say you took from your, um, your parents in regards to their parenting style? Um... You know, my mom is the tell it how it is type. She doesn't sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, she'll show you how to do something a few times and she'll trust you to, to do it on your own and get it all over you when you don't do it the right way or don't ask questions or don't reach out for help. My dad, he, you know, like I say, he was more laid back and because of the hours he worked, you know, um, we would just sit up and kind of watch, you know, Michael Jordan with him. And then he was, you know, he did play basketball with us. And my dad, you know, at the time, he, he my dad is 6'1". But as a kid, like, playing against my, playing basketball against my dad, because he used to play soccer. So he has, his, you know, his lateral movement is everything. It was, like, impossible to get around my dad when, <laughs> when we were kids playing him against basketball because his legs just so, so damn long. But, um, you know, he was, you know, quiet and laid back, and he just – like, you know, let my mom handle things. And he was like, you know, if you need to do something, do it. And he was there to make sure we did it. But my mom was more so the enforcer. So that translated into two things with me with, with parenting. 
one, I'm willing to speak my mind. I don't care, you know, who I'm talking to because if I have something to say, I, I'm going to say it. I'll be respectful. And I'm not one to bite my tongue. I'm not one to brown nose. Um, but I'm also laid back like, okay, we're going through the motions. Now I'm going to let you run with it. And my parents incorporated a lot of things into me early. My brothers and I, we learned how to cook, clean, and drive from ages six and up. You know, so we kind of grew pretty tall at certain, you know, by the time we were like eight, nine, ten, you know, we were already, you know, five, eight or more. And um, they started us off with simple things like, okay, we're going to drive the car from the, from the backyard to the front of the house. Then we're going to drive to the mailbox. Then we're going to drive to the bus stop. Then we're going to drive to the store. And it's just building blocks. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I greatly use in my parenting style, building blocks. If I can trust you with these five or six little things, I can trust you with these two or three big things. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, let me make sure you know how to wash dishes the right way. You know, handle the garbage the right way. You know, you like this food, a particular food, let me teach you how to cook it. You know what I'm saying? The right way. You can't skip a step because it's not going to taste the same or it's not going to come out the same. You know, so I, I love the building block method where you, you know, let them master things in smaller bites and they can do bigger things a lot mm-hmm. easier. That's what works for me. So um, for your own son, or the, like the kids that you interact with, can you identify something that you try to instill within them that you feel like you didn't necessarily get coming up? You know, um, probably the amount of patience I have with them because I'm not prone to, you know, you know, whoop kids or yell kids or yell at kids or grab kids or, or, you know, anything like that. So I have a lot more patience than my mom did. You know, my mom was the type, you know, when she got off work, it could be 10 o'clock at night. If we didn't do something right, she'd wake us up. <laughs> and we had to do it washing dishes or mopping the floor or something like that. Um, so with me, I'll give them, it's like, let me ask you kindly two or three times. Let me remind you a few times. Let me explain how it's going to work to you a few, you know, two or three times. Like, hey, we got this trip. Hey, we got this event. Hey, we got basketball. Hey, we got this, that, and the other. So I need y'all to get up clean up and be down here dressed and ready to go by, you know, whatever o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, so after going through those motions, you know, it takes a lot for me to yell and curse at a kid, especially knowing that they're so impressionable. But at the same time, it's like, you already knew what to expect. Yeah. You know what we had to do and, and you slack. It, you know what I mean? So that's, that's the hardest part for me because I believe in being punctual we believe that, you know, early is on time and on time is late. So there's no way, you know, if we need to be somewhere and it takes 15 minutes to get there, ain't no way I'm leaving, you know, five minutes too. <laughs> you know, I hate that. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's more patience. And then, you know, I I can't really say they take advantage of it, um, but they take advantage of it to where they're, you know, they're taking their time or they're on their phones or they're too busy doing something else or they're so focused on, something else that they're neglecting what they're supposed to do, but then they get mad when they don't get what they want. So that's the toss up. That's the trade off. That's how, that's how it works. I do have, I have, I have a lot more patience. 
So you mentioned the phones. Uh, how do you handle um, this this time? I, I know growing up when I was young, we didn't have like access to the internet and you know tablets and all this stuff. But kids nowadays have that's like that type of stuff when they're like five. You know, yeah. like how do you uh, balance uh, them being on their phones to being aware of what's going on around them? It's crazy because um, my mom and dad pursued their GED education here. And my mom used to take classes at um, Olive Harvey. So I was actually exposed to computers at an early age. Talking about DOS, you know, black screen, green font, DOS. <laughs> um, so, you know, I would go to, you know, she would take like typing classes, whatever, whatever. And I'll just sit in the corner and mess around on the computer and, and play the little word games and the centipede type games and all that good stuff. So for me, it was a learning experience. It was like, yeah, you know, it was like, it was like a learning experience for me. Like, okay, this is pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like I said, I had older, two older brothers. So my, my fondest, you know, they're still here. My fondest memories of my older brothers were water gun fights, you know, with, with everybody in the neighborhood and, you know, Neo Geo computer games, um, Jordan versus Bird, you know, Genesis. We had pretty much every game console. Shout so, out to Jordan versus Bird. That's a classic. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so for, for my mom, it was like the same thing I kind of apply today. Handle your business. Handle everything you need to do, which is school, work, take care of your mind and body. And then, you know, if I need you, make sure you're available. And then from there, it's like whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of apply the same rules with, with my son, I have his chores broken up into the five days of the week, well, seven technically. I have his chores broken up. He has the expectation to, you know, take care of his business at school. He's doing online school. Um, he's an A student. He was high on a roll first quarter, on a roll second quarter. And right now he got made all A's and I think one A minus. So how it works is, you know, take care of school when you get up, which I make him get up very early, like 8.15 and he starts school at 9. Mm-hmm. Um knock out your classwork, do what you need to do for school, take care of your chores, and then you have the rest of the day to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, so we had a struggle, you know, where he wanted to do things his way. And then by the time he got done with everything he needed to do, it was like, man, I only got 30 minutes to play my game before I go to bed. I said, hey, well, you want to do it your way. You want to go to school, come home, relax, which is nothing wrong with, but then you want to, you know, take your time and you want to do your homework and then you want to, you know, take your time and, and do your chores all late and slow. And then you got to eat dinner then you got to prepare for tomorrow. And then by the time you look up, you got 30 minutes. That's what you did. You, you slacked. But then when he started applying it my way, it's like, okay, go to school, bang out homework, bang out chores. Mm-hmm. Then you got the whole day to do whatever, you know? So, um, you know, I, I kind of monitor his time online um, we work out. We try to work out every night because he does play basketball. Um, you, you guys saw the dog earlier, you know, so she needs to be walked and cared for. She needs time and attention. And then um, because my brother and I volunteered coach last year, you know, I, I'm keeping keeping the, the kids involved in basketball. So I'm doing a, mon- a mini camp with them on Fridays from six to eight. So, I mean, for me, that gets them out of the house. That gets them active. And that gives me interaction and FaceTime with them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I can have fun with you, but at the same time, I'm instilling principles in you that you can take with in your life. Like I sent out a video today 
um, to all the kids, the 12 athletes that I'm, that I'm coaching in, in the mini camp. Uh, we do drills and we scrimmage. Um, these, it, it was like five or six different, you know, crazy type layups. They're not crazy, like crazy, like weird or anything like that, but they're most of the type of layups where you can um, expect to and one as a result. You know what I'm saying? Def- you know, keep, keeping your defender off your body with half your body laying it up with the other hand or, you know, um, the finger rolls and, and the, um, you know, soft hook shots and things like that. The jelly, which everybody loves right now. So I'm telling them, like, if you're not going to, if you're not serious about your craft, if you're not a serious athlete, these plays, these layups won't work for you. And guess what else? You got to work out 30, 45 minutes a day outside of what you do for school. Because, I mean, I think gym might be once or twice a week for these kids, you know. So, oh, yeah, I worked out. That's 30 minutes. And, you know, you did some push-ups and jumping jacks. But what about squats? What about push-ups? What about sit-ups? What about, you know, using a jump rope or running around? You know, so I know every kid has their their vision of what they want to do in the court. And I'm trying to tap into all their potential and, and build their strengths and then work on their weaknesses at the same time. Like everybody, by the time they hit eighth grade, ninth grade, they should be able to use a weekend to do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how the two translates. So I'm I'm laid back in that respect of letting him do what he needs to do at his own pace as long as it gets done. And if I have to constantly remind him, then I, you know, kind of clamp down. But and then on the flip, it's like, hey, how many times I got to remind you? How many times I got to tell you? This is what's going to happen now. It's like getting a speeding ticket. First time you get a ticket, you get a fine. Second time, you're going to get a bigger fine. Third time, you know, they might suspend your license. That's when I apply, mm-hmm. apply my parenting. So three-strike rule. Yeah. And for him, that PS5 is everything right now. <laughs> so, um, all right, you, we, everybody on the line is like into basketball. And, like, I was thinking yesterday that it wasn't outside of like LeBron, uh, Steph, and maybe like Zion Williams, it's not like must see TV players anymore. You know, like back in the day, you know, even before, uh, even after like Jordan, you still had people like T-Mac, Vince Carter, Iverson, Kobe. There's people that you like was excited to to watch play. Yeah. Are there, um, in your opinion, are there still players like that outside of the three that I named? You know, honestly, um, probably the last five years or so, I've pulled away from like being such a diehard basketball person. Um, I grew up playing center and, you know, that's how I saw the game through the eyes of a center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that position has played, has changed so much. Um, the evolution of basketball is amazing, but at the same time, it's like everybody kind of likes the OG stuff, the, the traditional stuff, Yeah, you know? So it's been a good five years for me. I can't think of anybody outside – like, right now, I'm like, Zach Levine is, like, everything. Um, the Bulls. Um, so, he's he's definitely dope. I love watching Derrick Rose play to this day. Um, I like Kyrie Irving. Um, I miss Dirk because he has some, you know, that off-balance shot was, like, everything. 
the one the one foot fade away. Yeah, one foot fade away. Yeah. You know, I was hoping to get see more out of you know Anthony Davis. He's a he's a talented athlete, but and, and as a center, you know, he's a center shooting threes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's no there's really no more post play. You know, look at if you consider like how the triangle worked in Chicago or how Popovich ran the Spurs. You know, everybody had a role. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 just different. You know what I'm saying? But I can still navigate it. I can still, you know, look at it and analyze it. I can still, you know, understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> one time Stevie was playing 2K or whatever, and he was getting his butt whooped. And he was like, man, I don't want to lose this game. I, lose this. I said, do you want me to coach you through the game? So I think I coached him through the last five and a half minutes. And I think he came back from like 20 down to win the game. All three. And I, and I have to tell him, like, look, dude, like, we actually studied the game growing up. We didn't, you know, we didn't just go outside and play. We yeah. studied the game. You know, why did MJ go left instead of right? Why did he switch hands? You know, why did, you know, why did, you know, why does the campaign get so many blocks? You know, what what is, you know, Elijah Wan doing to get people off their feet? You know, getting them off balance. We, we studied that stuff. Like, I'm talking about, like, Recording inside stuff, watching it, rewinding it, watching it, rewinding it, and going outside and doing the stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they I don't think they necessarily study the game like that today. Do you think players being like, able to do my, like my multiple brother. things is hurting the game? You know you um, know like how they say um No. Okay. No, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's hurting the game. Um, but I think it's it's less of an enjoyable viewer experience if you, you know, 30 and older, 35 and older. Because the game, the pace of the game is so quick. And I think there's there's a stat the other day that said there's, you know, majority of the shots now are three-pointers. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think it was like 16% or more is is pretty much a three-pointer now. So that's that's a different type of all game. And you know, with shooting a three pointer, that that turns that could turn into a long rebound, which turns into a fast break. And now you now you're on a fast break on one end, and now come back to a fast break on the other end because you know, but people, yeah. even when they on fast breaks, they pull up at <laughs> they pull they pull up up three. from the three, right? <laughs> right. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, three yeah, more than two, man. Maybe I was saying that the. Uh, the way uh, the scores were back then, like I was watching the last dance and like this final score was like 80 to 76. I'm like, what kind of score is that, bro? Like, like now right. you see 130 to 140, 145 to 144. Like you see all these high scores. Now. But that, that's how it was like, like in the early 80s, like late 70s, they was scoring like that too. Yeah, but like the 90s though, it was – it was coming to a halt. Like it was slow pace, everything slow pace. Right, and that was the era of the big man too. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of post ups, not a lot of uh, long rebounds. You know what I'm saying? A lot of right. you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, people running their offense full twenty four seconds, then get the rebound and the the clock reset to twenty four again. Right you know now it's set reset to fourteen. So, and that's how you get scores like 136 to 120 and stuff. Yeah. I enjoy the game now. I like I like I like the fast pace. I like it now. It is nice. It is nice. 
But, you know, it's like it, it's kind of hard to picture some of your favorite players, you know, in today's game. But, yeah, it's a different game. I think KG made a good point about it the other day. Um, like, yeah, our players, yesteryear guys couldn't, you know, play in today's game because it's, it's a different game. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, man. Hey, KD like, could have played back there. J- Jordan. Jordan. Okay, what about like you know, Jordan will average 50. You and, and you and Barkley, <laughs> you know, those, you know, you and Barkley, you know, maybe, maybe Dominique, but I don't know. You know, it, it's, it really depends on how you look at it. Because you got to think, KG, you know, he's a, you know, He's used to running the floor when he was playing with J.R. Wright and, 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 you know, Tim Hardaway, whoever, you know, but that, I mean, today's game wouldn't work for like your, your Shaquille Neals or, or um, not even Elijah one in my opinion, but it, it, it is a good experience. It, it is fun to watch because it's an evolution of the game. Hmm. I think if Shaq was around today, Shaq would probably average 60 points a game. You think so? It's nobody that would be able to guard Shaq. Prime Shaq, yeah. Orlando Shaq, yeah. Yeah, and he was athletic and <laughs> and fast. Well, quick. Right. You wasn't like scared of mid 90s Shaq, yeah. Shaq in shape. Yeah, how do you be unstoppable how, today? You teach your uh, man. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, how do you teach your son about the difference between? Like the game now versus how it used to be. Or do you like show them like old footage, or like uh you know old players? Yeah, I you know I try to you know I've sent him highlights of you know Shaq, Tim Duncan, Elijah Wan, um, KG, um, even even Stoudemire. What I was gonna say earlier is my younger brother, you know he's six ten, um, he's playing overseas. He's played. He's played for Egypt's national team. He's played for the USA national team. He's played in Canada. He's played in Korea. He's played in Mexico. Right now he's in Ar- Armenia. Um, so he ended up being six ten. I ended up being six four. So he's definitely um, way more athletic than me. I think around twenty three is when he surpassed me. So I just gave him a torch because there was no way I could run the floor with him. Um, <laughs> you know, so he kind of reminds me of Damon Stoudemire, but. You know, I would show the kids the classics. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, look how they break down a defense collectively. Look how Jordan slashes. You know, look what Jordan does off the ball. As much as Chicago fans, you know, hate him, you got to respect Reggie Miller. You know what I'm saying? How he, skinniest dude out there, you know, killing him with the dagger threes. You got guys like Muzzy Bowes who wasn't scared to go up against people. You know, so it's like, Adaptability is everything. And that's one of the things I have to drive home. It's like, okay, what do you want to do as far as basketball? Oh, I want to be a three-point shooter. Okay. And that's it. Like, there's no balance to your game. Because if all you can do is shoot threes, I'm coming after you every time you want defense. Because you're not a defender. You know, so um, as growing up, the guys that I played with, you know, I was the first and second option. And eventually, you know, my younger brother became that first option. So I had to learn how to be a role player. And I think that kind of transitioned me to be more of a role player through my high school career, um, being a rebounder and shot blocker. 
let me fill in the blanks. Let me do what I need to do. So they, you know, he has the old footage to watch, the classic footage to watch, if you will, compared to what's happening now. And the only way for him to fit into what's happening now is if he, you know, he gets his foot speed together, he gets in shape, and he actually applies himself. So he, he can see, you know, he understands it, he gets it, because you got to be able to adapt. That's, that's the name of the game. You should um, teach your son, like, post moves. And just make him unstoppable, so he, uh, <laughs> you know, dominate the new the new age uh, basketball player. Absolutely, like for him, um, it's it's you know I send him post plays all the time, and even with the even with the mini camp that I'm doing right now, I will sub myself into the game and and pick on him <laughs> and go after him and touch him out. <laughs> run the floor and make him chase me, post him up and all that good stuff. So when he's, when he's amped up, when he's aggressive, he plays very well. And I'm just trying to get him to turn it on all the time. And for me, it's fun. I'm not going to, you know, go out there with my A game or anything like that. I just want to get in his head and get him to realize how big and strong he is. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, you got the finesse game. You got, you got to be able to create off the dribble and you got to have a power game. For him, I think it's going to be his power game. If he can master that that one power dribble and feeling the defender on his body and spinning the right way and doing a soft hook shot, that's going to be his go-to. That's going to be his bread and butter, especially since he's probably the call the, the tallest or second tallest kid in seventh grade in this school district. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's that's got an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the Eddie Curry move. That's the move Eddie Curry used to do. <laughs> I played. I played against Eddie Curry. I played against Eddie Curry. I played against Eddie Curry, Cece Malone. I played against Dwayne Wade um, and a few other people because I went to Shepherd. Um, Wade went to Riches. I think Eddie Curry went to Thornwood. Yeah, it's crazy because when when Eddie Curry was a freshman, he was big. He was like real, real heavy. Um, but the next year they had moved him up, moved him up to varsity. I think they got him a train and everything. He dropped all that weight and everything, you know. Um, and I had to guard his. his <laughs> I had to guard dude. And it wasn't. It wasn't easy work, you know. What I'm How much he give you? Um, you know what? He didn't give me a lot. To be honest, and and here's why: because he was younger, but he was big. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So for me, it was about okay. Let me let me take this first initial this first initial bump. And then I'm going to either step back or I'm going to go under him and, and strip the ball or tip the ball. I mean, he got some nice shots on me. He got some hook shots on me. He didn't have a dunk on me, nothing like that. But. <laughs> and I was going to ask you that, bro. He said he was a shot blocker, man. Did you ever get caught under the rim, bro? Uh, uh, on he, the break? Nah, he couldn't get me. I'd rather stick to my fadeaways or, or, you know, anything away off ball, you know, with a cat like that. But, you know – it was all part of the game. It was fun for me. You know what I'm saying? So I used to I, I had to elbow that man. <laughs> I had to put I had to put my weight on his hip. You know what I'm saying? To make him kind of go, at least try to push him the other way he of uh, where he wanted to go. So yeah, it was probably more it was probably a few fouls, but you know, he got he got his, but it wasn't nothing ugly. I held my own against him. You know what I'm saying? So that's what made it fun for me, going after the best person out there. Yeah. Um, even with, I, I never, per, I don't recall guarding Dwayne Wade because at that time he was a guard and I was a center. 
you know, and I have a black and white picture somewhere. I can't find it um, of us playing them. I think we were in a two, three zone and he's up against one of my, my guards in the wing. It's a black and white picture. I can't find that picture to save my life. But, you know, even then it was like, I think at that time, Wade was probably just knocking on six foot and I was already six, three, six, four. So I was, I was always in the middle, you know, so there was, it was, there was good times, you know, and that's the experience I bring to, you know, these kids as well as my brother's experience and what he's been through and where he's played ball. Okay. All right. So I want to switch it up a little bit. Um, I know you're a single dad, you're raising your son um, by yourself. What is something that comes easy for you as a single parent? And what are some of the challenges of being a single parent? Um, the easiest things is probably what he's going, what he goes through emotionally. He's not, um, he's not a rough and tumble kid. You know, um, he's not a street kid, if you will. Um, he's very sweet. He's down to earth. He wants to go to school and learn. His heart is on his sleeve. He wants everybody to be his friend, and he's friendly to everybody. So he's impressionable, like, okay, why are these kids messing with me? Why are they talking about me? Why are they interrupting me while I do my work? You know, I understand that because I grew up in that. It's like, dude, I'm here. You know, right now is 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 class. Let me work. As, let me focus on I could do all the goofy stuff later, you know, so he was very impressionable in that. And I mean, he's me, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, he's me because mm. when you think about it, his mom is more kind of like my mom to a degree. Um, and I'm like kind of laid back like my dad, but I also have my mom's ability to speak up and, and ask questions and, and put my foot down. Mm. Um, as far as challenges, just getting him to understand how he sees himself is what the world is going to see that that'll be my biggest challenge okay so example it's like okay you know he is he's doing online learning you know he got um i can't remember what what the grade was but basically i think he got like half the grade because he didn't have his camera on for that day or whatever mm -hmm. and i'm like well you only need to have, have your camera on twice a week or whatever what's the problem he was like, oh, you know, I, I just didn't feel like turning the camera on. I didn't feel like I looked right. You know, I didn't want people talking about me. I said, well, dude, you you online. Is somebody texting you? Is somebody messaging you? Is, who Who is telling you that somebody has something to say about how you look online when you're at home? Yeah. And he was like, nobody. I said, well, that's the impression you you put on yourself. Mm -hmm. So whatever you just, how you saw yourself, that's how you felt like the world was seeing you and you didn't want to turn your camera on. How's that make sense? He was like, it doesn't. I said, well, guess what? If no one's saying anything to you, if no one's messaging you or emailing you or calling you or your friend's not telling you anything like that, then that's something you've made up. That's the perception you've created. And, you know, you followed it because of something you thought was happening that wasn't. So that would, that would be the challenge. I need him to, you know, be happy with himself sometimes. You know, and kids, they, they go through it. I mean, he wants to live a normal kid's life. And it's different with COVID and all that good stuff. You know, he even wanted to go to all the schools that I went to. I'm like, well, that's not going to happen because we live in a different place. And, you know, these schools are actually better now. 
you know, and you're getting the, the diverse experience, you're getting the exposure to different things and all that good stuff. And plus, you got to live your own life. Yeah. You know, I don't want him to, you know, idolize me so much that he wants to go through everything I did and I don't want to live through him. I want him to understand that his life is his. And at least, you know, for this short time until he's 18 and goes to college, you know, I'm going to guide him as best I can. Okay. So that would be my, my, my pro and my, my challenge, if you will. Okay, cool. All right, Roy. So um, it's getting close to time. Did you have any uh, any other questions, bro? Yeah, last question from me is um, a question I haven't asked in a few episodes. But um, what would you say, uh, with your experience with being a dad, what would you say would be your um, WTF moment, your welcome to fatherhood moment? that you can point to, like, I'm here now, I'm a dad. Um, so I, I, my, my oldest nephew, he's like 22 or 23 now. Um, I spent a good chunk of his upbringing. He was at our house. So I had a lot of, plenty of time to interact with him. You know, when I was driving, I was taking him to him from school. I was at school activities and, you know, that was like, that was my, my little dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was my nephew, you know what I'm saying? So I had a big part in raising him. And then I had a little bit of a, you know, I had a little bit of time raising my, my oldest niece. Um, and then, you know, my son's mom, um, Stevie's, Stevie's sister is five years older than him. So I, I had time to interact with her, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, this is cool. You know what I'm saying? I did, you know, my nephew, my niece, and now, you know, Stevie's sister, and then Stevie comes into the picture. So when he was born and he was, you know, after he, you know, arrived and all that good stuff, I counted his fingers, I counted his toes, and and we was just looking at each other, and that was my, my welcome to fatherhood moment. You know, um, it was all there. Yeah, everything was there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I just, it was like, man, you know, I got this, this, this miniature me. Um, so that was my my welcome to fatherhood moment when when he arrived and he was sitting there, um, and then I had a week off work to interact with him and you know it was just you know it was just great, you know I was tired going back to work I was falling asleep in meetings <laughs> but they understood, um, and then you know my goal was to rush home and get back to the kids, so that was you know it was so it was like my 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 nephew my niece. Steve's older sister, that was all the precursor to actually having my own child. It's like training. Yeah. They had training. Yeah. Yeah. And to this right. day, I embrace, you know, I embrace my niece and nephews like they're my own. I'm the fun uncle, but I'm also the serious one. So it's like, yeah, don't don't come over here, you know, thinking you could tear things up. You can come over here, handle your business, and then have fun. You know, we can we can do the water balloon fights. We can play laser tag with the laser guns. We can go to we can go rent a hotel room and, and take over the pool. We can go to Wisconsin Dells, you know. But you gotta handle your business first. Yeah. Yep. All right, Stephen. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for joining us. It was no a problem great at interview. all. Um, can you let the audience know like uh, where they can get in contact with you? Uh, uh, let them know about your your water, man. So I am an independent distributor for a Blacer Alkaline Water. Um, 
come this April, I think I would have been um, a distributor for three or four years. Um, back when I was on the health kick, my, my girlfriend and I, we, we found the water. She actually brought it to me, and I liked it so much that I wanted to sell it. And, um, you know, I got my whole family drinking from my parents who were in their 70s down to my son, who's 13. Um, so Stephen Dot of Glacier is the page on Facebook. Um, it's alkaline water. It, it's Black-owned. It, it has no chemicals. It has no additives. It has no food buffers. It has none of that other stuff. Um, I won't name no names, but um, you can find you can find me there. And if you need a notary, you can find me there as well. So that's that's pretty much where you find me. I'm on LinkedIn as well uh, with my whole profile of my experience in IT and telecommunications. And other than that, I'm I'm in the Welcome to Fatherhood group. And I'm happy to be here. Yeah, he's definitely, you're definitely there big time, man. And uh, I appreciate all the things you've been doing in the group, man. One last yeah. title that Stephen has, he didn't mention, but he's also a part of the board of Welcome yes. to Fatherhood. Yeah. So, yes, I am a board member of Welcome to Fatherhood. Royce invited me some time ago and I accepted. And, you know, I just want to share my love of parenting and reasoning <laughs> with kids, with, with other parents. Because it's like, for me, if you can make it informative and fun, that's better than making it, you know, being strict and, you know, losing something in translation. You know, so I am the type of dad that will wake up kids with Nerf guns or water balloons <laughs> or, you know, things like that, the Jason mask and all that good stuff. So I'm very much into that. You know, at the same time, they get me back when they have their moments. But um, it's, it's fun that way. They get it. They get it. Nice. Well, yeah, again, thanks for jumping on, Stephen, man. We appreciate you. And no uh, thanks, Raheem, for your uh, requests oh. and everything, brother. <laughs> uh, I guess it's uh, well, thank you. Thank for you this all. Uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all take care. All right, peace. Peace out. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to WTF Interviews. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us via our website, WTFatherhood.org. Also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group will be listed in the description below as well. Uh, I ask you to leave a a review as it helps more people receive the message. And uh, again, until next time, be well. You already are.